Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Bottom Up Revolution podcast, where we share the stories of the Strong Towns movement in action. I'm Rachel Quetno. There's just something special about Michigan. Two of her past seven Strongest Town Contest winners have come from the state. We hear inspiring stories from Michigan all the time. You've probably heard us talk about Muskegon before. And we just have some amazing, dedicated members doing great work in the Great Lakes state. Today's guest is one of those people. Cooper Frost hails from Charlotte, Michigan, a rural community of about 10,000 people outside of Lansing. But he had been away from the town for a while. During the pandemic, he came home to Charlotte and has since made it his mission to help this place grow stronger. He stepped up to get involved in a number of local organizations with a particular focus on economic development. He's also invested in a home, purchasing his mother's house to help build up generational wealth and stability. And Frost's been dedicated to sharing the message about bottom-up incremental transformation through talking with community members about the Strong Towns movement, mission, and books. Frost is part of a long line of advocates, many of whom we've featured on the show, who believe in their hometowns and want to see them thrive. He knows that building up passion for the place where he came from will help those around him see its value and make it stronger over the long run. He's all about taking that next small step to see this vision come to fruition. So here's my conversation with Cooper Frost. Cooper Frost, thank you for joining me for this episode of the Bottom Up Revolution podcast. It's good to have you on the show. Thanks, Rachel. It's an honor to be a part of the conversation with you. Can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and the community where you currently live? Yeah, so I'm a recent college graduate living in Charlotte, Michigan, and so that's about the center part of Michigan. And I I had the opportunity of graduating college in the middle of the pandemic and moved back to my hometown first out of the circumstances, but been able to make it a wonderful opportunity. And so my my hometown of Charlotte is about just shy of ten thousand people in the central part of the state, very rural, smaller town, uh, but it's a wonderful opportunity. And I, I point that out because it, it's quite the difference than what I thought I was going to be doing just a few years prior when I thought I was going to be moving out to uh, California and the West Coast. So change of pace and something I really celebrate. So have you decided to stay at least, you know, for, for the next few months or years? Yeah, actually I have. I, I just ended up purchasing a house and everything. So it's definitely going to be my home for at least the near future. Wow. Well, congrats. Buying a home in this market is a challenging thing. Oh, so yeah. congrats on that. How did you find Strong Towns and get connected to this movement? Yeah, actually, I, I found Strong Towns through Not Just Bikes, the YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. okay. And, yep. and it was so exceptional. And the reason why I think it was wonderful being able to come across Strong Towns why is because Strong Towns has had such an impact in how I look at my hometown, right? And how I look at, you know, being able to be a part of where I'm living. And so it's it's been an absolute pleasure. We all are big fans of not just bikes over here, but a lot of his videos are definitely about bigger cities and not a ton about smaller communities, but you're still finding his stuff is applicable to where you live? Yeah, it's very interesting because 
Uh, he's from what was it, London, Ontario, which is very Midwest, even though it's across the border, right? And so it's very similar to what you'd see in Minnesota or Michigan. And even like just this past week, and I heard of another friend who heard of Strong Towns through Not Just Bikes, which was super exciting because it's something I can relate to a lot. Yeah. So clearly you're interested in these issues of you know community building and planning. Did you major in something related to that in college or is this just like a, you know, a deep side passion? Yeah, no, I, I majored in sales in college. So definitely nothing, okay. nothing along city planning or anything like that. But it's, it's interesting because my, my mother used to work for the department of transportation. So, you know, the, the confessions of recovering engineers, interesting how those views have been worked into my life, even far before uh, Strong Towns, but Strong Towns has definitely helped me understand and communicate what's going on around me and in my world and my community, which has been very interesting. That's good to hear. So since moving back to Charlotte, what have you been doing to help make the town um, a little bit stronger? Yeah. So I want to say is in 2021, in one of the podcast episodes you did, the challenge was put out to go and just, you know, take that first step, go attend a meeting or something. And my friend and I, we each made the challenge and he went and visited a city council meeting in his community. And I ended up going to a Charlotte rising meeting and going to the annual review of what's been going on in this local organization. It's very grassroots and bottom up on helping make it the downtown stronger and from the get-go, I think I was one of the only new faces there, and they, they threw me into an action committee, and which was all around the economic development of the town and really focusing on how can we help businesses in this like downtown area. And from there, they threw uh, the folks from that organization threw me into another organization around festivals and helping build out a Nordic-themed festival in my hometown. Um and helping that run, which is an annual thing, and joining Rotary from there. And it's just, you know, once you get connected, as I'm sure you, you're well aware of, you just keep being connected to more and more groups. Yeah. That's impressive, though, that you're, like, taking time to be part of so many things in your town. Yeah. It, it, it's an exciting way to give back. So I, I'm a remote worker, and so it's a great way of to balance life and to just be a part of the people around you and be part of something that's bigger than just going to work every single day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. What are some of the biggest challenges that Charlotte is facing right now or recently that, that you're trying to help address in these different groups you're part of? Yeah. So one of the biggest things that you see a lot of in Charlotte is having a lot of different groups and all people doing different functions and goodwills trying to make things happen. And so there's a lot of overlap and uh, not as many volunteers to go around, right? Uh, especially coming out of the pandemic, Charlotte Rising's currently in the process. Like right now at this point, they're interviewing for a new director. Um, and so they're try trying to rebuild the organizations and come up with that plan to how to press on and do good moving forward and where we fit in the community. And so that's the biggest thing is always looking for more active bodies and how to make the, a better impact in the town around you. Yeah. A town of 10,000. I imagine that there's just like limited resources to go around, especially people resources. 
but yeah, it, it's it's amazing though, just the amount of things that's going on in the town. And that's one of the gems of as able to recognize is here's this downtown that's in or this town that's investing its downtown and bringing all these resources, looking and building festivals because the central part of Michigan is not the the tourist part of Michigan or anything. It's very agricultural, but trying to be something that's more than just another farm town, right? Or another bedroom community for the uh, larger metropolitan area. And that's one of the exciting things about the town is just comparing it to where I came from when I was younger and growing up in this exact same town to where it is now um, and how much more activity and life there is in this town. It's just been absolutely amazing to see. And large part is due to the organizations like Charlotte Rising and a few others like it. What have you been involved with in terms of helping the Main Street get better, more active, more businesses going on? Yeah, so the the biggest thing that we're working on currently, and the idea actually came from, I think this is the very first episode of the Bottom Up Revolution I had listened to. Is about a town of Albion, Michigan, um, where they were doing this holiday market. And Albion is just on the road from us. And it's super interesting to hear about that. And I've been turning that idea over and over in my head. And also after reading about the market going on in Muskegon through Strong Town's article of doing the little chalets to help redevelop their downtown, uh, we've been trying to figure out, all right, what's the incremental way of being able to do that? Because for years and years, people have been saying that there's not enough retail in our town. There's not enough retail. There's you know, the retailers are in the town. It'd be great if there's more. And so it's like, what could you do about that? And so we're we're looking to build a holiday market that's going to be like three day three day markets every single weekend between Small Business Saturday and to up through the weekend leading up to Christmas to give festival vendors and uh, farmers market vendors, craft show vendors, all an opportunity to come in and be selling and being a part of our business community in the winter, right? When they're not typically doing much. And this is going to create more of a, a place and activity to come shop in Charlotte, which we'll be building events around and working with other organizations to make it more of an experience, right? And the goal from that is to use that as an opportunity to provide ways for people to come into our town and to build, decide to take the next incremental step of opening a business or looking at how can we do a pop-up shop or something along the lines for the following summer. And so very much taking the different ideas of how other towns and cities in Michigan have been doing this, fighting the same fight of building more retail space and getting more retailers in there and seeing what will work for our town and really taking it in that incremental steps. I love hearing about how you're like taking these small steps and also being inspired by other towns in Michigan. I feel like, I mean, there's, there are obviously so many great communities doing good stuff all over the country and the world, but there's a, there's something special in Michigan. I think, you know, two of our previous strongest town contest winners were uh, from Michigan, Muskegon and Traverse City you know, you mentioned Albion. Yeah, I'm sure we've published other stories um, and featured other folks from Michigan to you. So yeah, you got something special in Michigan for sure. Yeah, I, I'm one to brag about the state, but I, I do love uh, Michigan and the and pure Michigan for sure. 
Have you been able to visit Muskegon and see those um, little pop-up shops? I have been to Muskegon, but I haven't seen uh, I haven't seen the pop-up shops themselves. As before, I really read up about them, but I am a wonderful and big fan of uh, of Traverse City for sure. Gotcha. Um, I also heard in in one of our previous conversations that you have been um, meeting with some folks in your community to talk about like how strong towns can be applied in your city, um, and then maybe also selling some strong towns books at a local coffee shop. Is this is this accurate? Yeah. So part of part of the Charlotte Rising organizations, there's different action committees that are part of that group, and I I got thrown into the economic vitality group and. I think this actually how you and I got connected was through registering this group as a local conversation uh, for strong towns and very much so uh, in the absence of the broader organization um, because they're currently searching for a new director. I just looked to strong towns to help lead that organization, how to make it better and so we can make forward progress. And so very much taking advice from this podcast of, you know, meeting every other week and regularly setting that times and uh, different forms of having place and connecting. So moving, moving one of the meetings that we have um, to that, to that coffee shop and building relationships that just have more of a presence uh, with the people are going through. And in terms of the, the books, that's just more so I found myself giving this, the books out and giving the same book over and over to different people. Uh, just because when someone has about starting, it's like, Oh, you got to read this book. So I'm going to say you just have, I'm glad the coffee shop's selling it, but just having a stock for myself on hand to, to go and give the book away to see council members and folks like that to, to get them aware of what's going on and how to, and getting the resources, how to take that incremental step because, you know, Charlotte, like you had mentioned before, is a very small town. There's limited resources in all directions and it, forward progress is always the best thing, right? But how do you do that in an incremental way? Well, that's definitely a, a story that I've heard more than once. People keeping some Strong Towns books on hand and like handing them out to their city council or mayor or just fellow residents to plant the seed. Yeah, yeah and through that, just having the, I think the library had picked up the one of the books from the coffee shops and uh, so it's now in the library and everything. So it's exciting because it's it it may be a small momentum but it's a different exposure that's just a little step and easy thing to do to set a book out what was it like um choosing to buy a home in charlotte and how's that process been to be i'm assuming maybe first time homeowner Mm -hmm. actually it, it was quite unique and uh, because I ended up buying my mother's house and so she could oh, move okay. on and go and support my grandfather and live with him. And it was very much what opened me up to this was, again, a strong towns conversation. I can't remember where I heard about it, but just the idea of rethinking multi-generational wealth and being able to have multi, multiple generations living under one household. And so it was interesting because I was able to buy a house in uh, by my mother's house, which we are the second family to live in this house, and it is 125 years old this year. And so it's it's interesting. It's just going back to that old style of living where you're not necessarily going off and renting a studio apartment, some big city or something like that. Instead, 
tie back into your family. And so that that's really where in 2020, where I had to move back here because uh, the pandemic uh, where strong times helped change that perspective is, you know, celebrating the fact that, you know, I was able to live with my family. I was able to build up money for a down, down payment. And by no means is that something to be ashamed of. Yeah, that's exciting. Um, are you also interested in other types of incremental development, like thinking about other um, investments in the future or fixing up other old buildings in your community? Yeah, actually. And that's one of the things that I really geek out about with Charlotte is the fact that, you know, I live in a R2 zoned neighborhood where the house next to me is a duplex where uh, it's a homeowner and her renter that's been living there for longer than I've been alive. Um, and that's how she funds. She works at a gas station. That's how she pays for her house. On the other side of me is this little beautiful uh, senior living center where they infilled through the back of the, into the middle of the block. And so there's probably 30 different homes and independent living that's been there for, I want to say 40 years now. And I, there's just different types of home ownership all around my block. The central business district is just down the road. And so there's a sprinkling of businesses in my neighborhood, uh, which is just so wonderful because Charlotte very much has the attitude of incremental development and is properly zoned for it in large part. And even when like first the first city council member I talked to after getting involved, they were talking about, it's like, yeah, we're really looking at how can we put in ADUs in our town? How can we make this a thing? And it just blew me away because here's this little small town that's so focused on the incremental development, even if it's just in our community. Yeah. Describing your block and the different types of housing, it sounds you know really special and unique. I wish it wasn't unique. I wish that was the case in, in every city, but yeah, that's, that's something to be proud of and keep building. Yeah, on. and it, it may have it may have uh, happened and stayed this way just from the town not growing in the first place. But that's one of the things where I, I've come to look at the city of Charlotte with a whole new light because it's, uh, it is unique and it, it's a diverse neighborhood, which is super, super cool to be a part of and to, to help uplift. Yeah. So do you have visions of like investing in another property at some point and fixing it up? Or are you just like focusing on your first home? The, the next step will be uh, looking at how to, you know, make my home into asset, whether it's through doing uh, Airbnb, which my town also celebrates, which I think is awesome, or to uh, figure out how to put in a granny flat as an ADU in the barn. Um, and to really help build in that density. And I, I would be surprised if the zoning board had any issue with that considering my neighbors, but uh, something that is definitely on the horizon line. Very cool. Is that um, you have like a, a little uh, space in the backyard or something that you could convert or like a garage? Two-story two carriage barn. So it definitely like a second oh, second story would so be an cool. awesome apartment for a family or somebody like that. And, then, you know, help make it so homeownership isn't necessarily a burden uh, for me either. So it, it's interesting. And I love the flexibility that where I live provides. Yeah, that's a good mm -hmm. vision. 
So what are you most excited about working on in the the coming months um, and maybe even coming years in Charlotte since you're planning to stay? So I touched on a little bit with that retail market, but so I'm not telling the same story with that. The other big thing is the Michigan Nordic Fire Festival, which I had gotten dragged. I think I'd attended like one event at this festival in the past when it first came going. Um, but being a part of putting on this big festival that this year brought in 11,000 people um, in the month of February, an outdoor festival in Michigan in February. Um, that's yeah. impressive. And <laughs> if you remember it, that's more than the population of the town, um, which is super exciting uh, because it is a group of people that came together. It's like, how can we have more things going on in central Michigan in the middle of the winter, like how can we improve the quality of life and improve the economy around with that as well? And you know, I think this was our sixth year, six year doing this. Uh, this festival has been incrementally growing. It's something that's unique that people are coming to our town. Right, and in Michigan, all the towns are very proud of being a pure Michigan attraction. Right, uh, and something that Charlotte never never would have expected it's just being a farming town because there's so many beautiful places to visit uh, in this great state, Muskegon and Traverse City included. And here we are being able to be on the map, having people come from out of state and across the country to, to come to this festival, this Viking themed festival, which was super cool. And so I'm excited now that I've actually experienced it to help grow it and help keep keep up that energy in town and help spread that energy and that success to other parts in the town. Cause everyone's wanting to like, how can we do a smaller festival? How can we do this? How can we do that? And just building out what we're doing in this town is really exciting. Yeah. I'm assuming that there is like Nordic heritage in the community. Sure. I mean, no more than Dutch or German or uh, others, I, I think. Okay. I was just like, let's jump on this and turn it into. Yeah. I think they, they looked at us like, what is not being done at this time of year? Like, what, what could we do? And it's, you know, they're going to hate me for this, but it, it's like a Renaissance festival, but for Vikings. Um, and the first first thing that I'd hear is like, it wasn't during the Renaissance period. Like, okay. But uh, it was just basically how can we celebrate some of our, our heritage that's here in our common heritage and just do something that's, that's cool. Right. And uh, having over 11,000 people visit the town uh, over the weekend and people celebrating outdoors and, and being able to have an economic impact of all the different businesses and vendors involved is super, super cool. Yeah. I uh, also live in a Northern state, Wisconsin and you're so right that, I mean, we've got festivals every weekend in the summer and then in the winter, it's so much just has to shut down because it's freaking cold out and like all the, all the outdoor venues just, you can't, can't really do anything there. So it's, it's impressive that you like turned that into something. I'm sure they were like fires and hot cocoa and all yeah, that and the stuff. unique thing about it is because there's no other festivals going on, the resources and the competition are very like it's a different conversation, right? So if you can figure out how to do a winter festival, you know, all of a sudden you have a lot more people that are available to come be a part of it and take a chance on a smaller festival, which helped us grow very early on from what I'm told, which is awesome. Um, because all of a sudden you can be punching above your weight class as an, an event 
before you really get started. And it's a great way to do an incremental event. And so looking towards the future now, we're, we're going to do like a smaller October event as well uh, to tie it, like a, tie it more into the town um, and just keep building upon that. So you've listened to this show, you know that we always close with um, what advice would you give for somebody who's listening that wants to start taking some incremental steps to make their town stronger? Yeah. And, and as you mentioned, like that question right there is really what pushed me to get engaged. So I just want to second that and just take the step, go to a meeting if it's, you know, a city council zoning or a community organization, just, just take the first step to get involved because... It, there's so many organizations out there screaming for people to come help and, you know, be passionate about their town. And if you're listening to Strong Towns, and if you're interested in this type of stuff, you are what they're praying for. Well said. Well, thank you so much, Cooper, for coming on the show and uh, sharing about your story. I'm really inspired. Um, I'm somebody that just moved back to a town, not where I grew up, but like coming back home to a Midwest town and still like finding my way to getting involved. So I feel especially inspired by hearing from you. So thank you. Well, welcome. Welcome back to the Midwest. Thanks for having me. Well, if you appreciated that show, we hope that you'll consider becoming a member just like Cooper. Um, He's dedicated to this work. He's acting it out in his community. And if you're doing that too, please take a second to become a member and support people like Cooper, people like you who are doing this all over the country, all over the world. Head to strongtowns.org slash membership to join as a member today. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. We'll be back here next week with your next episode. Take care. Mm -hmm.